When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. There's a reason they call it chasing your dreams and not walking after them. Don't hope someone gives you an opportunity. Create one for yourself. When I left my grandmother's home, when I left my grandmother's home in 1986, headed to Savannah State with two brown grocery bags filled with my belongings, nothing was going to keep me from realizing my dreams. When people told me I wasn't going to make it, I listened to the one person that told me I was, me. Good morning. I am Cynthia Robinson Alexander, the interim president of the Savannah State University. On behalf of our family, we welcome our beloved Shannon Sharp and first take. Go Tigers! On behalf of Captain Ragland and the NROTC unit, welcome to Tiger Nation. I am Alexander Jermaine Richardson Jr. And I am Tiana Sashay Williams. And we are the Mr. and Ms. Savannah, Savannah State, State University. University. Welcome, welcome to, to First State! State.
receiving right now. The campus is stunning. The city's amazing. I'm grateful to be here. But what does this mean to you? It's really hard to put in words. If I had a thousand tongues, I couldn't say thank you enough to everybody that showed up. To, to have some of my teammates that came in with me in 1986. To have some of my instructors that taught me. And to see this crowd, to see these young men and young women to show up, to support us, and to, show, to support me. What's the most amazing part, if somebody would have told me, and I've said this before, if somebody would have yeah. told me in 1986, I'm going to come back. If you'd have told me I'm going to come back as an NFL player, my teammates that's here that's going to talk today, they'll tell you what I told them when I stepped on campus in 1986. But to come back in this capacity, I think I'm even more proud of that because this had nothing to do with my athletic ability. This is about an opportunity. Another HBCU alum believed in me. This man sitting right next to me, Stephen A. Smith. Give it up. Give it up. Give it up. Give it up. This man believed in me, gave me an opportunity when a lot of people wrote me off. A lot of people wrote me off. But he called me to say, big boy, you're not done yet. I got big plans for you. He, Disney, ESPN, the big bosses from Dave Roberts all the way up, Burke Magnus, Jimmy Pataro, Bob Iger, thank you guys, but thank you because you made it possible. for you as well, just so you know. I'm going to get into, I mean, this moment is so special, and thank you all for coming. I mean, I know you're here for Shannon, but it means the world to have this packed house and everyone's so kind and warm and welcome. But we had a heck of a slate of games yes, yesterday, yes. so I want to dive into those a little bit, and we're going to have some special moments honoring you, Shannon, throughout. Thank you. So let's get this party started. To the NFL we go, where the Eagles escaped against Dak and the Cowboys 28-23. Dak had a huge game throwing for 374 yards, three TDs, but it wasn't enough in the end. Either way, Micah Parsons has a whole lot of love for his quarterback. That's a freaking warrior. There's multiple times I was like, that's Dak mother Prescott, bro. Like, he's a dog. He's a warrior. Um, it was, I got unbelievable confidence in him. I thought he had a great game. Um, you know, I think people need to put more respect on him. He outplayed everyone today. Before we get into that real quick, I just want to give a shout out to our director, Brandy, who's also an HBCU alum. Yeah. So Tennessee State. Yeah, and she's here directing our show. So just want you all to know that as well. We're lucky to have her as well. All right, Stephen A., you were at this game, yes, which is unbelievable, because you were, you were in L.A., then you were in Michigan, <laughs> game and now you're here welcome to the life of Stephen A. Smith does Dak deserve any blame for this loss talk to well, me well before I want to say before I, first of all thank everybody for being out here I appreciate this appreciate y'all so much 
And as much as this is about HBCUs, today is about this man right here, arguably the greatest tight end in the history of football, a Hall of Famer. You know. And I know it means a lot to him, and, and, and I'm, I'm happy to be a part of it, my brother. Let me say this. When we look at Dak Prescott and the performance that he had yesterday, Molly, Shannon, obviously stepping out of bounds before you get in. I mean, you know, you got these big boys going at you. You, you sit up there and you rush and you step out of bounds. If he was pigeon-toed, as Ryan Clark would say, he wouldn't have been He wouldn't have stepped out of bounds. <laughs> yeah. right? But that's what happened. And so you got to look at it from that perspective. But I will tell you this. I don't blame him. I thought that he played a great game. Dak Prescott stepped up. He showed what he was capable of. You still have to finish the deal in moments. You can't take that sack that he took, that 11-yard sack, for a loss, particularly at that pivotal moment. There's no doubt about that. But I also look at it from this perspective. Where's your running game? Tony Pollard hasn't had a 100-yard rushing game since the opening of the season. What about Michael Gallup and Brandon Cooks and how inefficient that they were. It was about C.D. Lamb yesterday mm -hmm. with his nearly 200 yards receiving on 11 receptions. But in the end, that's what you had. There were a plethora of people that didn't show up. What about the clock management on the part of Mike McCarthy mm -hmm. and the Dallas Cowboys, the penultimate possession where they're lollygagging around, not running up to the line of scrimmage, not recognizing the urgency of the clock and how it's winding down. And ultimately, you get the, you get the football with a limited amount of time left because you didn't prioritize things a little bit earlier in that fourth quarter when you had an opportunity to. All of those things are things that I look at, and the reason I bring it up, Shannon, is because that is what people have lamented about the Cowboys. It hasn't been their talent. Right. It hasn't been them being devoid of playmakers. It's them not seizing the moment, and we usually point to the quarterback, but we also pointed to penalties. We also pointed to clock management. We pointed to people other than, you know, uh, CeeDee Lamb not stepping up. We pointed to the absence of that bell cow, that running back mm -hmm. behind. The fact that we're able to point to those things as contributors to the loss, combined with Dak Prescott throwing three touchdowns, getting hit 10 times, getting sacked five times, still throwing for 374 yards, I don't think this is the day for me to say it's on Dak. This is where I'm going to disagree with you because playing the quarterback position is about moments. That 374 doesn't mean a hill of beans because he had several opportunities to do what? To cash out. And that's what, we keep say, that's what we've kept saying about Dak Prescott. In moments, when we ask him to be big, he's come up small. He had an opportunity to get the ball into the end zone. It didn't happen. He settled for a field goal. He stepped out of bounds on a two-point conversion. If you look at all the other quarterbacks, Mahomes or Burrow or all the greats, they've had moments. You can play bad. The one thing I noticed about quarterbacks, if you go back and study the history, they can play bad, but when they need to rise to the occasion, the game is there for the taking, they'll take it. Mm -hmm. This was an opportunity for Dak to silence. If only for, in the words of Luther Vandross, if only for one night, he had an opportunity <laughs> to silence his critics, and he didn't. Mm -hmm. Now, we can say, oh, he threw for 374, 374, but who's surprised? Sam Howell just threw for 397 and four touchdowns right. yeah. and scored 31. Right. So you telling me the Washington Commanders offense is better than the Cowboys? Yeah, but the Shoemaker, is it his fault that Shoemaker goes down on a knee when he catches a touchdown pass, but he goes down on a knee a half inch away from the, I mean, I can't put something like that on Dak. But the fact of the matter is, is that there were several opportunities. He overshot Tolbert in the end zone. Mm -hmm. He overshot him. He stepped out of bounds. So if he doesn't step out of bounds in a two-point conversion, now all, all you, you need, need is a field goal. Is a field goal to tie it and get it to overtime. Right. That's right. That's on him. Those are the plays that define the quarterback. It's the one position that you can change the perception of yourself in a single drive. We look at Tom Brady in the Super Bowl. Mm -hmm. He played terrible, but he had five completions, got him in field goal range, and they win it. And off
off, he went running, and that's what the quarterback position. And we're going to talk about Josh Allen because he's been living off two plays, battling Patrick Mahomes. That was the greatest game we've ever seen, and then beating pa uh, Patrick Mahomes on a Sunday night. But in order for that to get us off his back, well, to get me off his back, it's moments like this. Just imagine 374, three touchdowns, and a game-winning drive. Mm -hmm. even, if, even if he doesn't score, throw a touchdown, Pollard runs it in, or one of the guys running in. Dak Prescott with 374 and a game-winning drive? Mm -hmm. Tell me we're not having a different conversation today. Yeah, we're having a different conversation. I'll give you that, but I still don't believe it was all on Dak. I think that so many times no. we've gotten – we've been so critical of Dak, and I've led the, I've led the charge in that regard, right. and yeah. unapologetically right. so. But I will say this. There were many, many nights and many days where I could have looked at Dak Prescott and said, that's on you. This is one of those moments. I didn't feel that way. But, I didn't feel that way. But at the quarterback position, who had the ball in his hand? He did. He did. But I also saw the ball in other people's hands, and they didn't close the deal either. You just told me that he can't take a sack there. That's so right. I agree. I agree with that. Now, that's a bad play. No <laughs> doubt about that. But I see that big boy running after him, and he steps a half foot out of a half an inch out of bounds. I'm like, damn, that, that, that could happen. You, you can't, you can't dive do that. Into the end, dive into the end zone. The only team worse in go-to-ball situations, your former team, the Denver Broncos. We talked about the opening, opening, uh, the opening Monday after they beat the Giants. Mm -hmm. I said, Stephen A., I see a reoccurring theme. Let's see how it plays out. And goal-to-go situation, the kick and field goal. I say mm -hmm. kick and field goal gets you beat. Scoring touchdown wins your championship. Now, here's the difference in the ball game. One team went 3-3 three or three in, uh, uh, in the red zone. The other team went 3-5. or five. Three Now, five. you tell me which one you think won. The team that went 3-for-3. Three three. Mm -hmm. And the Cowboys, until they rectify that red zone situation, they're going to find themselves in these close ball games. And when you least expect it, when you need to get the ball into the end zone and you don't, you're going to end up losing I'm the game. I'm surprised you didn't bring up that right tackle, Terrence Steele, and how he got beat. Oh, he, was he got beat. He got, he got well, beat. He, it, I mean, two pivotal sacks. It was his fault. It wasn't, it wasn't nothing steal about him. It was Terrence Paper. There we go. Because they, 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 they tore him up. There you go. All right. We'll have more on this game later and get yeah. into the Philly side. But like I said earlier, the Week 9 slate is the best it's been. So let's keep it rolling. And we go out to Europe in Germany, where Pat Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs got the better of Tua and the Dolphins by a score of 21 to 14. KC was led by their defense, holding Tua to a season-low 193 passing yards. Meanwhile, the Dolphins 0-3 this season against teams who entered with a winning record. Did you hear that? Yes. 0-3 yes. against teams entered with a winning record, that being the Bills, the Eagles, and the Chiefs. Miami failed to score more than 20 points in any of those losses. So with that being said, Shannon, are the Dolphins contenders or pretenders? They're they're pretenders until otherwise noted. We've seen them, as you mentioned, when they step up in competition and the competition is level with them, we see them falter. You think about it. Against teams that, are, that has a winning record, they're 0-3, averaging 17 points a game. Teams that have a losing record, they're 6-0, averaging 39 points a game. You're not going to face those teams come playoff time. Now, I still believe they're good enough offensively okay. to get into the playoffs, but you can't win ball games like this, and Tua can't have that. Mm -hmm. He had an opportunity to tie the game up on Cedric Wilson, run a double, had a double move, he underthrew him, and then he sees him coming with the bomb blitz or cover zero, and then he takes his eye off the ball and he fumbles the snap. You cannot take a sack in that situation, Stephen, that you have got to get the ball up. It's zero coverage, and you got Jalen Waddle, you got Tyreek Hill out there singled up. Mm -hmm. You've got to catch that snap, but he he took his eyes off because he knows they're coming with the blitz. He took his eyes off the, uh, off the football, and now you're going back lamenting what could have been. Miami 0-3 against teams, winning teams. Listen, I don't like that one bit, but I'm not going to go as far as saying they're pretenders. And here's the reason why. When your offense is that explosive, you can have off days, and this is the deal. They got annihilated by Buffalo. They got yes. annihilated. Okay, they went down 21-0, came back, lost 21-14. Against the Philadelphia Eagles, they, they, Tyreek Hill doesn't drop. Tyreek Hill. Hill. 
dropping a touchdown pass, a surefire touchdown pass. I mean, that's an aberration. So when I look at it from that perspective, and then I combine that with the fact that you went into a playoff game in Buffalo in inclement weather last year with Skylar Thompson as your quarterback and lost 34-31. I know a loss is a loss. Please don't get yeah. me wrong. Not looking for any moral victory. But when I say pretender, that means I am not worried about you in the slightest or really disrupting the apple cart and really knocking off some of the elite teams. I don't feel that way about Miami. I think Miami can take a few teams out. I really do. What have you seen from them lately? They get the slow starts. They started 14-0 mm-hmm. down, 21 uh, uh, nothing down okay. to the Chiefs, 14 right. nothing down to the Giants. Right. And then they come. They come. But see, you're looking at how they start. I'm looking at the explosion. They started off slow against the Panthers. And we know how awful they the Panthers are. They started off slow the against the Panthers. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> Even against the Panthers, they started off slow. And then they came roaring back. When you got an offense that explosive, I can't call you pretenders. Let me ask you this. I can't do that. You start off slow against Cincinnati. You coming back? You start off slow against the Baltimore Ravens. You coming back? I don't think you're coming back. But I think you come back against Baltimore Ravens. Ravens. Not the yesterday. Baltimore Ravens. Not the way that defense oh is looking. But that's about it. Anybody else ain't got a shot. Everybody ain't got that you, kind of defense. You just told me you love Joe Burrow. I do. I do. I got, I got love for him. I got love for him. He's going to do what he's going to do. But are you going to stop Tyreek Hill, Jalen Waddell, and the crew? I don't know if we can definitively say there's any defense in the National Football League. You can pin it in. Pin it in. Pencil or pin it in. They're going to stop Miami. No. I don't know if I can say that. But it's about them themselves because the mistakes, though. You can't keep spotting teams come playoff time 14 points, okay. 17 points, and expect to run them, chase them down. That's because they're, no, they're not going to be any Carolina Panthers in the playoffs. Exactly. They're not going to be probably not any Denver Broncos right. in the playoffs. Right. Those teams are really, really good, and their quarterback play is really, really good. Well, we've seen so Chargers ha- in the playoffs losing 27 have- to nothing leads. We've seen that. Excuse me, Shannon. So you would have them third, right? You would go Chiefs, Ravens. i go Ravens. My, uh, Ravens, Chiefs. Ravens, Chiefs. I would Miami. go Ravens, Ravens, Chiefs, Cincinnati right now. Yeah. Okay. Dolphins. And then Miami. Yes. What were your thoughts on the Chiefs right now after seeing that game yesterday? I, was, I, I love the way they – their defense is sensational. Yeah. The defense is what won them the ball game. <laughs> the receivers, man, they looked really good in the first half. And then the second half, they couldn't get open. They had, they had less than 100 yards in the second half. You're not going to beat Cincinnati with that kind of play. Completely You're not going to beat the Baltimore Ravens with that kind of play. They, they need to get – I'm surprised they didn't make a move at the a trade deadline for a wide receiver. Yes. But those wide receivers, I, I, I don't know. They're not consistent enough, I don't think, to be championship caliber. I don't right trust now. them in moments either. Let's call it what it is. And I'm looking at Kansas City, and as great as Patrick Mahomes is, the one thing he cannot do is catch the football for no. you. And if you got receivers that can't get open or can't catch the ball once they're open or once they're thrown open, what are you supposed to do? Right. That's the situation right now. We got everybody bringing up Travis Kelsey and the fact that Taylor Swift wasn't at the damn game and all of this other stuff. At the end of the day, <laughs> what it comes down to is that teams are keying on Travis yes. Kelsey because you ain't worried about his about his teammates. You no. don't worry about anybody else from the wide receiver spot helping you out here. No. They're going to have to go with two tight end sets a lot right. to find somebody other than Travis Kelsey to throw the football to because you can't trust the receivers. And Patrick Mahomes will have to do a better job of holding on to the football. That's true. Because either he's turning it over through the interception or he's fumbling the football game. And they he trying. got them right. He got them. Yeah, yeah. You're right, absolutely right. Because he's trying to buy time so they can get open because yeah. the receivers are not winning initially. Right. So now I got to buy time. I got to improvise and try to find them open and the ball's coming out. Before we roll out, back to Miami. So five of their final eight games are versus teams with a winning record. They've got the Jets twice. I know it's the Jets. The Cowboys, Ravens, Bills. How many of those do you think are win, Shannon? Jets, Twites, Cowboys, Ravens, Bills. I don't think they're beating the Ravens. 
Where did they play the Cowboys? In Dallas? I'm not sure. So about who, who are you talking about? Chiefs or the Dolphins? Dolphins. Dolphins. I don't believe the Dolphins beat the Ravens. I don't believe they beat the Cowboys. Uh, beat the Bills. Oh, they're going to beat, the, beat Bills. the Bills. The Bills. The Bills. They're going to beat the Bills. We, we're going to talk about them a little yeah. later. The Jets are going to beat them at least once. I think the Jets get them really? at least once. Yes, I do. Okay. Yes. I don't feel that way. I think that... I have the schedule here if you want to see something. I'm just wondering where they are. Are they on the road against Dallas? I don't have what a, I don't okay. know what's road. They're going to be they, home. I think I think they you you probably right though. I mean, listen. Zach Wilson, can y'all put up some numbers? I'm not sure. I'm going to say they'll split with the Jets. I think they're not beat the Ravens. No, but I do think they beat the Cowboys. I think they beat the Cowboys. If they play in Miami, I like their chances a lot better. If they play in Dallas, they're not beating Dallas in Dallas. Yeah, they haven't been good on the road. All right, we'll leave it there. Brought to you by the Capital One Venture X Card. Earn unlimited 2X miles in everything you buy and turn everyday purchases into extraordinary trips. Plus, receive premium travel benefits, like access to over 1,300 airport lounges and a $300 annual credit for bookings through Capital One Travel. Unlock a whole new world of travel with a Capital One Venture X Card. What's in your wallet? Term supply, lounge access is subject to change. See CapitalOne.com for details. Hey, I'm Molly Karam, and thanks so much for listening to the First Take Podcast. Shopping for Mother's Day is always a challenge because you wait until the last minute. But Macy's Gift Finder makes it incredibly fast and easy to find the right gift just in time for Mother's Day, whether you're shopping for your sister's first Mother's Day or your fashionista mom who loves to make a statement. Macy's Gift Finder has so many great gift ideas that you can easily pick out something special to celebrate them both. You can shop by price, anywhere from 25 bucks and under to 100 bucks and under. You can also sort by categories like fragrance, handbags, and more, or gift lists, like for the mom who has everything, pre-wrapped gifts or gifts for grandma. Find top brands like Studio Pro Model Beats headphones, Polaroid cameras, Samsung smart TVs. So what are you waiting for? Mother's Day's May 12th, and it'll be here before you know it. Macy's has the perfect gift guide to make picking something for mom easy this year. Head to Macy's.com slash gift finder today. That's Macy's.com slash gift finder. Thanks so much for listening to the pod and have a fabulous day. Hey, Molly Karam here, and thanks so much for listening to the First Take Podcast. When you're on a business trip, you know what goes completely off the rails? Your workout routine, especially when you book a hotel that doesn't have a gym. So what ends up happening is you do a few push-ups, sit-ups in your room, run around the block, or you just skip it entirely. Lame. If you just stay at La Quinta by Wyndham, you'll discover there's a fully equipped fitness center at every location. Now you can wake up, power your buys, your tries the right way, or de-stress with a little cardio. The choice is yours. Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow, you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. My big brother, Sterling. I'm the only player of 267 men that's walked through this, this building to my left that can honestly say this. I'm the only pro football player that's in the Hall of Fame, and I'm the second best player in my own family. What a special moment. And I haven't seen this gentleman since our NFL <laughs> Network days. Five-time Pro Bowler, Sterling Sharp. So great to have you here. Let me also mention, won the Triple 
Jonathan, it is so good to see you. Um, what does this mean to you, being here with your brother? You know, driving 360 some odd miles last night to get here because he asked me to come here. And I've been explaining to people on television all morning that it's family. And when family calls, you do whatever is necessary to be there for that family member. So it's not extraordinary for me to be here. I think it's more extraordinary for him to ask for me to come here to his alma mater. I haven't been here since 1990, uh, reminiscing with some of his old teammates. It's a pleasure to be back. And I want to thank you guys for bringing this show here because this is a very special place. This is where it began for him. And that's your person right there. Yeah. Um, my sister here. My sister, my sister's here also. Yep. When my grandfather passed in 1977, um, we have a very unique relationship. He's more like my father, my sister's more like my mother. Um, because I was very, very young and my sister used to bathe me. Um, she used to help me with my homework. Uh, <laughs> Most of that was wrong, man. <laughs> uh, and so we have a, we, we're very close. I talk to my sister, I talk to my sister every day. And uh, she's the one person, when I say you always need to surround yourself with people that tell you uh, what you need to know, not what you want to hear. Mm. She's the one person I can, I know that she's going to give it to me straight. She's not going to sugarcoat anything and he's the exact same way. And um, I have the breast brother, sister, mother, father combination anybody in the world. Beautiful. You know, I, I want to say this. <clears throat> I've been a reporter for a long, long time, and one of the great displeasures I had in my career was that I didn't get started in the business until after this man, Sterling Sharp, has stepped away. I mean, so many times we've talked about Jerry Rice as being the greatest receiver in the world, and then you heard names like Randy Moss and Terrell Owens and various others. And I would religiously state Sterling Sharp is one of the greatest wide receivers we've ever seen in the history of the National Football League. Thank you. His brother, he was, he was something special. He was something special, and because he didn't have much to say, there wasn't enough love that was thrown in his direction. And my lone regret was like, boy, he would have got that love from me. I it is an honor it. to have you thank on you. this show, my brother. It's, it's really good to, to see here. you, my man. No yeah, thank you here. for being here. Right. Family first. And what's your sister's right. name? I want to give her a shout. Uh, Libby. Libby? Yes. All right. Libby, thank you for being here, too. Hopefully, <laughs> I'll get to meet her later. That's that, that's it's right. a family affair. We're here for all of it. That's what life's all about, family. All right. Uh, it's also about football on first take. So let's get into that week nine slate and recap real quick. Can't wait to talk to Sterling about this as well. So the top AFC contender showdown on Sunday. The Bengals have won four in a row after their 24-18 primetime win over the Bills, where Joe Burrow had a season-high 348 pass yards. Now, earlier in the day, the Ravens throttled the Seahawks. I wasn't expecting this. Winning by a final score of 37-3, Baltimore allowing a league-best 13.8 points per game this season, now sitting at 7-2. They're tied with the Chiefs atop the conference as Kansas City beat the Dolphins 21 14 in Germany. Patrick Mahomes threw two TDs, while Casey's defense also took one back for a score. They've really been showing out, as Shannon mentioned earlier. So, which team had the best win on Sunday, gentlemen, if we're talking Bengals, Ravens, Chiefs? And I'll start with you, Sterling. I'm going to say the Cincinnati Bengals, because Superman without his cape is just Clark Kent. And when Joe Burrow showed back up healthy, the Cincinnati Bengals looked like a different team. I've seen this movie with Lamar Jackson and the Baltimore Ravens running up and down the field, Lamar doing his thing, they didn't get to the big dance. When Joe Burrow shows up, all they do is they believe. He's like the Cincinnati Bengals genie. And they can rub him and they feel like they can go anywhere they want because they have him. 
He's dispatched of Josh Allen and the Buffalo Bills. He has been to Kansas City, and he has seen that monster. He is dispatched of them. When you look at these football teams, everyone in the AFC scared to death of the Cincinnati Bengals. I'm going to disagree with you, believe it or not. I, that's very hard for me to do, Scott Shaw, but I, I, I'm going to have to, and I see where your brother gets his one-liners from. I hear you. you know, I get it. But I got to tell you, the last time we've seen the Ravens, number one in scoring defense, number two in total defense, was when this brother Shannon Shaw was on that team in 2000 when they won the Super Bowl. This is a team, their defense is elite. Now, I expected a lot of things from the Baltimore Ravens mm-hmm. this year, particularly offensively, knowing that Lamar Jackson finally got his bag, which which was well-deserved, and I thought he was going to put on the show. I didn't anticipate the defense looking this tough. Yesterday, three points, allowed just six first downs, giving up 151 total yards, a minuscule 2.3 yards per play, one for 12 on third downs they allowed Seattle. We were looking at Seattle, particularly. No, with you the, were looking <laughs> at Seattle. <laughs> I'm getting ready to get there. I'm getting ready to get there, Sterling. I'm getting ready to get there. I know I got to go against both, y'all. I mean, come on. But I got to tell you this. I'm looking at Seattle, and I'm saying the way San Francisco's struggling, Seattle, Detroit, Dallas, mm-hmm. getting in the way of Philadelphia, along with San Francisco. But then I looked at this Ravens defense and I said, my Lord, these brothers are special. And that is what is standing out with me right now. That's why I say Ravens yesterday. Well, I'm going to have to disagree with you also, and I'm going to have to disagree with my new brother now, my television brother. The Ravens outgained Seattle 515 to 151. There's only 60 minutes in a ball game. The Ravens possessed the football for over 40 of those minutes. Mm-hmm. Think about it. Two top five offenses. They held the Lions last week to six points. Yep. This week, Seattle top five offense yep. to three points. Mm-hmm. Let that sink in. So now, not only are they running the football, the fourth highest rush total in, in Ravens history, 298 yards running the football. And Lamar Jackson throwing the football. He was efficient. Only had 187 yards, but he was efficient in throwing the football. That team right there, that is a team that you do not want to face because you know they can run it. You already know they can run it. And now Lamar Jackson is efficient at throwing the football, and they got a defense that can shut you down. Mm -hmm. That's the best team in football. by the way, Sterling, Lamar Jackson didn't account for a single touchdown yesterday. No. Not a single touchdown. And, and they, they got 37. They yeah, I've yeah. seen this movie. You seen, you I don't you seen Kr- that movie? I don't think Freddie Krueger makes it in this movie. I've okay. seen this movie <laughs> from Baltimore already. Before I get I into you. who's the most dangerous team in the AFC, I think I'd be remiss if I didn't ask. You both were so phenomenal on the football field, so phenomenal on television and as analysts as we sit in front of these students. What do you attribute that to? Well, I used to practice in the mirror when I was in college because I, I, I knew, I mean, growing up, the only thing that we talked about was getting our grandmother out of that environment. That was the one thing that really drove us, that 1,000-square-foot cinder block home with cement floors, and that drove us. But me, every night in college, and my teammates here, they're going to come up here a little later, they can tell you how it was. Everything was methodical and meticulous. meticulous. And, but I think a lot of it had to do with our grandfather. We were very young. We were five and six years old. We had to lead devotional service. We had to pray in front of the congregation. So at a very young age, I was unafraid to be in front of a crowd. I was unafraid to talk or speak in front of a crowd. Obviously, we had to say Easter speeches, and it wasn't your your happy Easter day. You had to have this this long, drawn-out Easter speech. And so I I think that had a lot to do with it. I I agree with that. I think the way we were raised, you know, the one thing we always knew is whatever we went, wherever we went, we were representing home, and we didn't Mm want to let that down. We didn't want to let what we were taught let our family down. So being prepared, it's hard to have an 
argument if you don't have anything to say. It's hard to have a disagreement if you're not doing your homework and have something to say. Two things you have to be. You have to be bold when you stand in front of people, and if you've got something to say, say it. And most people don't do that. They don't make eye contact. They shy away. We were taught how to talk to people. You got something to say? Say it. You got somewhere to go? Go. And so when you can be definitive and decisive, what happens is, is people start to understand and gravitate Mm -hmm. to that. As a player, he talked a lot more publicly than I did. I think I probably talked more trash, but I only wanted to talk to the guy who was standing in front of me. Mm -hmm. He made it public. But the thing was, we always had something to say, and we could always say it with conviction. And believe it or not, we always believed what we said. So those those were probably the important ingredients. I think the greatest gift that both of them, and I'll say this, I think the greatest gift that both of them have had is that, you know, they've got a lot of knowledge, and they're willing to espouse it if you seek it. And that's the one thing, you know, and when I listen, when I listen to people talk about Sterling, getting to know Shannon the way that I have, one of the things that I love about it, and I talk to this, I try to tell professional athletes this all the time. I'm a reporter. I wasn't on y'all level. I know this, but I know what I'm seeing. So if I know what I'm seeing, if I have the courage to come to you and ask Mm -hmm. and say, this is what I saw. Tell me if I'm wrong. Being bold Tell me why. Right? Right. There's a boldness that comes with that. But a lot of professional athletes, despite their brilliance, Mm -hmm. don't want to display that knowledge for whatever reason. Or they don't know how. Or they don't know how. And these two never had that problem. Before we get back to it, but similarly, you also have the work ethic, (laughs) the talent, the work ethic, and the faith to back that up. All right, back to the AFC. I just just had to ask that because I'm curious, so I'm imagining the students are as well. Who's the most dangerous team in the AFC, Sterling? I, I still have to go with Joe Burrow and the Cincinnati Bengals, but here's why. When you look at confidence, you go, okay, who do we have to face if this thing keeps going? Baltimore's in our division, so we know them and we're going to see them. We've already been to Kansas City and dispatched them. We just got rid of Buffalo on Sunday night. This is a football team that if all things being equal, they can stay as healthy as they are right now. The way Joe Mixon is starting to run the football. They don't fear anyone, but everyone fears them because they've gone into Kansas City and played big and gotten to a Super Bowl. Lamar Jackson, for all his wonderful play, uh, uh, MVP in our league, couldn't get his team to the big dance. Joe Burrow did that. And so when you look at confidence, and I think that, uh, that that is one of the biggest things that people lose is their confidence. Mm-hmm. But when the Cincinnati Bengals got Joe Burrow back at quarterback, right. their confidence went sky high. Again, I would, I would respectfully disagree with you, which is hard for me to say because I've been raving about Joe Burrow and the Cincinnati yeah, Bengals for so yeah. long. Without, and I'm still not stopping. It's just that now I'm paying attention to two components, Sterling. Number one, the defense, which I already articulated. Number two, this kid Keaton Mitchell, and then Cat have carry all season long. Rushed for 138 yards yesterday. This is a team that was being maligned for not trading for a running back before the trading deadline, right? And then the next thing you know, they show up and they rush for 238 yards the very next game. Whatever you perceive as being their weakness, the Baltimore Ravens step up to the plate and say, nah, we know what we're doing. And with Lamar Jackson doing what he's doing, it could get very interesting because remember, if they have a better record, it'll be in Baltimore. I just look at it like this, though. In a quarterback-driven league, and we've seen some horrendous Right. Roughing the passer calls because totally. we're trying totally. to protect that guy. Yes. 
I've seen Lamar in big situations down the stretch. Yeah, you're right. I've seen Joe Burrow in big situations Mm. down the stretch. I'm not even going to go back to college because I think it's unfair comparison. Okay. But in the NFL, in a quarterback-driven league, Mm -hmm. that guy has to be like, has to meet Patrick Mahomes on his level, and I think Burrow does. I I understand that he's Joe Cool, and I get what you're saying, but in Lamar's defense, do you feel like he didn't have the weapons? No, I, I think that's you dance with the girl you brought and the girl that they gave him. Hey, look, this is what you did. You got to be the best team in the AFC. You didn't get it done. Joe Burrow was not the best team in the NFC, and he got his team had to go into Kansas City to get it done. I, I just think that confidence goes a long way in a quarterback driven league. I'm going to go with the Ravens also, but here's what, here's what, and this is why, Molly, I'm going to yeah. say disagree with your point about him not having the receivers because he didn't I'm have. I'm not saying this year, no. though. I'm saying in the past. But he didn't have those receivers and won a unanimous MVP. Yes, yes he did. That's 30, true. 36 touchdowns, six interceptions. Yeah. He was throwing to somebody. That's right. I'm going to take the Baltimore Ravens because this is why I'm going to take the Ravens. They can keep Joe Burrow off the field. Because when you can run the ball for 298 yards, tick, 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 tick. So now, and with that defense, the way they can pull, because now, how many possessions are you going to have? We saw Philly almost win the Super Bowl by taking the clock down to like two seconds before they snap it. Real quick, real quick question for both of y'all. What about the notion, this ain't basketball, this is football. So Lamar Jackson going against Cincy defense, is a little bit different than Joe Burrow going against this Ravens, this Ravens defense. What about that? But that's what I'm saying. We're, they're in the same division, okay. and Joe Cool is not afraid of them. Right. And that's we're gonna, dealing that with confidence, sharps. man. Well, sharps don't have any excuses. They don't want to hear. Don't, we don't. Yeah. They, the thing is, they've already Ravens have move on. already beaten Cincinnati. Okay. All right, because I want to show two other quarterbacks who balled out. I want to show them yeah, some love. Man. Starting with Texans rookie cornerback C.J. Stroud, he put on an absolute show and a thrilling victory against the Bucks. Not only did he toss five TDs? He threw for 470 yards, a record for the most pass yards in a game by a rookie in NFL history. Meanwhile, Josh Dobbs thrust into action due to an injury to Jaron Hall, despite being picked up by the Vikings less than a week ago. He did not disappoint, tossing the game-winning touchdowns pass with 22 seconds left. Guys, they were joking. He didn't even know some of his receivers' names. So with that being said, who was more impressive? Was it Dobbs or Stroud, Stephen A? I'm going with Stroud, fellas. Oh, God. I'm going with Strauss, man. I listen. I'm not doing this show. I'm like, listen. I will say this: if he were not a rookie, I would have rolled with Dobbs. But the fact that Stroud is a rookie throwing for nearly 500 yards, mm-hmm. five drafted touchdowns, in the first round. not a single, not a single interception. I mean, it, 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 drafted I love, in the first I round. I love Bryce Young, but it got me looking at Carolina like, damn, you messed up. You messed up really bad. They got you messed up really bad by passing up on this brother. And I know, and, and, and Dobbs, as good as he was yesterday, a lot of it was running the football yes. too. He runs in a quarterback-driven league. I understand that. I understand that. I get that story. Remember, what are we, what are, I keep trying to tell brother I'm brilliant because I know I'm not. I listen to you. I've been watching you for years. I was watching you for years, Stella. I know what I'm saying. But I'm just telling you, I'm looking at Stroud flinging this football, and I'm yeah. like, damn, this brother is special. Think special. Joshua Dobbs have learned five playbooks in a year. Okay. He didn't take a single snap. He doesn't even know the play, Stephen A. Well, he did Friday. They were studying for two hours. Yeah. They were studying for two hours. And he is, he is a nuclear physicist. I mean, he's a genius. Yes, that's right. Yeah, yeah, he has that's right. Straight A student. But think about, yes. This, this, yes. Is the, this is the NFL. Right. You come in and don't take a snap. You don't even know the guy's name. And he told the guys yesterday, don't ask me into my teammate's name because I really don't know him right now. Wow. And to win an NFL mm-hmm. game on the road. Wow. 
I like doing this show because I can just say what he said. You know, <laughs> and we can keep it moving. Keep it in the, keep it in the family. I, I said Josh Dobbs as well. I just don't think you 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 go from one city. You know, this is like a, a tour, man. He's in one city this week and he's doing his performance. He goes to another city. I, I agree. Josh Dobbs was impressive. And CJ was impressive. I mean, you think about 470 yards, the most for a rookie. Three different receivers yeah. had at least 100 yards on a touchdown. But to come into a situation where you haven't taken a snap all week and you yeah. crammed to get the yeah. And crammed to get the playbook in. Yep. Man, that was unbelievable. What he said. Stephen, you, you, you mentioned Bryce Young earlier. I want to get yeah, into that yeah, here. Yeah. So Stroud yeah. was the second pick, obviously, yeah. in this year's draft. The top pick, Bryce Young, did not have a great Sunday. He threw three interceptions, including two pick sixes, as the Panthers fell to one and seven on the season. Mm-hmm. Stephen A., did the Panthers make a mistake passing on C.J. Stroud and drafting Bryce Young number one overall? Well, I'm going to say this. It damn sure looks that way. It damn sure looks <laughs> that way. Everybody. To everybody, everybody. everybody. I'm gonna say, but I'm not going to go any further than that for this reason. Right. Number one, I don't know if Frank Reich's the right coach ooh, for, that, coach for that franchise. Okay. I don't know if he's the right coach for that. That part. Number, that part. Number two, you don't have protection for him. That part. So you, and number three, he undersized. So you got an undersized dude devoid of protection in the National Football League as a rookie. With a coach that I'm not sure is the right dude for the job. So, again, it doesn't it damn sure look that way. <laughs> but in the same breath, I'm not going to, 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 like, engage in a stronger level of condemnation against him because I don't know what he's working with as a rookie, an undersized rookie. Mm. I, I agree with everything you say. I agree. I say no, it's too soon. We've got to get him some talent also. Yeah. I mean, his best receiver that would have been there is DJ Moore. He's exactly. in Chicago. That's right. They wanted him in order for to get that, that first-round draft, yeah. that number one overall draft pick. I just think I think once they get him some better talent, I think he'll show better. But you're absolutely right. You got to protect the kid. He's small and he can't take those. He can't take that kind of. You're talking about getting him some talent. I don't think he's going to be alive to be able to play with that talent. (laughs) The way he's getting beat up. You know, I I like doing this show because you guys, for the most part, you're a little slow on some things. (laughs) But for the most part, y'all see the game the same way. He called you out. He called you out. Hey, hey, I'm Molly Karam, and thanks so much for listening to the First Take Podcast. You can now stream the most MLB games on DirecTV without a satellite dish. Yes, catch the clutch hits, strikeouts, grand salamis, web gems with nothing on your roof. So whoever's up there, whether it's roofers, Santa, birds, old-time chimney sweepers, moody teenagers, thrill-seeking raccoons, you name it, they won't find a satellite dish, but you will find your MLB games on DirecTV. That means DirecTV is your home for baseball this season. Root, root, root with nothing on your roof. Yes, stream your team. Call 1-800-DIRECTV or visit directtv.com to sign up today. Claim based on the total games carried on sports networks. Sports availability varies by zip code and requires choice package. Thanks so much for listening to the First Take Pod. Have a fabulous day. Hey, Molly Karam here, and thanks so much for listening to the First Take Podcast. Vivid Seats wants to get you to the games you love this spring. Experience every pitch, assist, game-winning shot live and in person. And the best part, each transaction is a step toward a free 11th ticket with Vivid Seats rewards. Score unbeatable perks like free tickets, surprise seat upgrades, and annual birthday deals. As the official ticketing partner of ESPN, Vivid Seats is offering you $20 off your first $200 ticket purchase with code TAKE. That's code TAKE. Visit vividseats.com or download the app today. Vivid Seats. Experience it live. 
Hey, I'm Molly Karam, and thanks so much for listening to the First Take Podcast. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Woo!